Coming up, we are going to discuss prepping for Halloween Horror Nights with a very special guest. Live from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. This is episode 99 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I, of course, am your host. As always, Craig Williams, and today I am joined alongside Rhino Clavin. Hello. I, oh my gosh, I wore the same shirt as last week. Yeah, How did so I did I. <laughs> what were we so thinking? Weird. It's disgusting of us, but that's the type of human beings we are. And then back on the controls, as always of lately, Oliver Green. Hello, Associate everyone. producer and everything else that I've All around from time to time. Handyman. Can you – I hope you drop an album someday. And in my brain, I was just working out the title of it. It's called The Associate Producer of Love. That's your album <laughs> right there. I'm just saying, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bookmark that. We're going to get back to that later. That's terrible. <laughs> so uh, today we have a very, very big, important episode for us. We are a week and a day out from Halloween Horror Nights, the official start so of it. So excited. So – we want to bring you a special episode helping you to prep a little bit more for the event. And uh, as we've discussed in the past, uh, my experience with Halloween Horror Nights is only about five years deep, six years deep at this point. Uh, and I know we are all very still pretty recent to the event. So we have gone out of our way to bring in an expert and I can't say we went that far because he did volunteer for the task. Uh, so, but joining us today, all the way uh, from the United Kingdom, uh, Kent. To be, should I not say where you're actually at? Well, unless I get people banging my door down, I don't know. But yeah, no, I can say I'm in Kent. <laughs> but we are joined today uh, alongside with uh, Christopher Ripley, author of. The Halloween Horror Nights, the unofficial story and guide. That is the correct title, right? The unofficial story and guide behind the world's greatest Halloween event. No, that was the title last year. That the was last year. Changed. Sorry. Oh, wow. Wow. You just can't yeah. get the stuff nowadays. Butchered it. I should have left it with the first part. <laughs> no, it's called The Complete Survivor's Guide to Universal Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights. Oh. oh. So it's specific to ours, then. That's nice. Well, it is. However, the event doesn't actually start in Orlando. So the book starts in Hollywood. Oh. Oh. So there's a little teaser for you for later on. Yeah, I do have to throw it out there. I apologize, but I have still not had the opportunity to sit down and actually read your book. Um, but I do. I'm going to order it on Amazon. I, right now. <laughs> exactly. <I'm, laughs> I, I need to actually just take the time and sit down and read. But it is so hard to find the time to actually do that from time to time. But thank you so much, Chris, for uh, sitting down and talking with us today about this. Uh, I, you know, I've uh, I know you're as extreme expert on this stuff you've written an article for us right now that is currently on the dis universal site you do many other things uh around the world do you want to just talk about some of the things that you uh do from time to yeah, time well, with universal? i i've got a new book i'm working on at the moment so i've had to sort of sit down and just remind myself of all the halloween horror nights uh, history so i'm working on a new book it's, it's in a similar vein as, as halloween horror nights so that that's coming on at the moment the other thing the main thing that i do at the moment is uh, the scare zone podcast with uh, logan seculo um i don't know if any of you guys have had a chance to listen yet I actually have. Um, I oh. went out of my way to listen to your uh, your episode with James Keaton. Oh, cool! Yes, I, yeah, that was. Uh, I'm subscribing right have now. Have to listen episode. Um, in my <laughs> opinion, for any horror nights fan. What was the name of the podcast again? I'm sorry, Scare Zone. Scare All zone. one word. Okay, Scare Zone. Yeah, it's uh, it's been brilliant. In fact, um, I mean that's been our most downloaded show. Uh, the first most downloaded show was uh, Mike Aiello. We did an episode with the creative yeah. director of Halloween Horror Nights. 
Um, and that got shared by Universal and by him and by quite a few others. So that kind of went almost, I wouldn't say viral, but it nearly went viral. Um, and then uh, we've uh, had quite a few other uh, like actors and uh, sort of production crew from some of the films uh, that are being presented at this year's Halloween Horror Nights. Um, and then along with that, uh, we're getting quite a lot of people now asking us, saying, oh, you know, I work, I've worked on Halloween Horror Nights. I've done this. I've worked on this movie. Can I come on? So we've got a bit of a, a, bit of a list now of people to get through. So, But at the moment, we have gone weekly just because we're sort of running up to Halloween Horror Nights and the downloads are still going crazy. But uh, I should imagine come November, the, the, the episodes might be fortnightly or monthly for a bit. Uh, I, the, the episode I did listen to, um, it's... It definitely got me wanting to listen to more, especially like the Jason Terrell episode. Uh, I am oh, yeah. super pumped uh, to listen to that one. Uh, a lot of a lot of good material out there, um, and so of course we'll have links in our show notes page to uh, to the Scare Zone podcast for everyone out there who wants to listen. Uh, again, based on the episode that I listened to, I extremely highly recommend it. It is very entertaining. You guys do a fantastic job with it. Oh, thank you. A big shout out to Jason as well, actually, because he's a big supporter of what I do. And uh, he, he's, uh, I don't know if you know, but he's written quite a few books for Disney, like the Haunted Mansion Guide and uh, things like that. So uh, he's kind of nurtured me a bit as a writer and he was really helpful putting together this edition of the book. He came up with a lot of stuff for me and, and helped me out a great deal. So he's a good guy, Jason. Very cool. Yes. Go out there. Buy it now get it so <laughs> let's jump into this and i want to start by going over uh your your specific background and history with halloween horror nights so, like how long have you been actually attending halloween horror nights well since 2000 um and then i've missed a couple of years in between but i've, I've been trying to go every single year um last year i was i probably went probably a dozen times to the event um, with tours and things as well. So yeah. this year, unfortunately, just due to work commitments and other things I've got going on, I'll probably only be getting there twice. But uh, I've got, uh, with our website, hhnunofficial.com, I've got uh, people that help me uh, put that site together, so they're going to help me sort of get all the uh, information. And we've got some touring plans going on and wait list um, projections, so they're going to help me with all that sort of data. So, yeah, it's all good. That's incredible. Um uh- so what what is it though about Halloween Horror Nights that hooked you on that made you want to keep coming back year after year? Well, the thing is, I mean, Logan and I we both say we don't actually like horror films. I mean, I know I know it sounds absolutely <laughs> bizarre. Yeah, you know, a lot of people go, "Really? You don't like horror films?" Well, you know, I do watch them, you know, and I definitely watch the ones that they have at Halloween Horror Nights. Um, but it, it's more to do with the, you know, the, the thematic design that, you know, the, the way that these houses are put together, you know, the fact that, you know, and I'm sure you can attest to this, uh, everyone in your room there, that um, when you can walk through a movie, you know, you've got the music from the movie and the atmosphere and you've got the characters and the settings and actually feel like you're in that movie. Then I think the Halloween Horror Nights does its job, and I, I to me that's what hooked me in initially, and that's what kept me coming back all these years. Do you have a background in theatrical development, anything like that, or is it no. just something that's been a passion? Well, I, I work in um, building conservation, so I, I look after restoring like old buildings. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so I, I um, so I work on real castles and come to Florida to look at um, modern castles. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I don't I don't really I am a big fan. I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of Hitchcock and Kubrick. I went to a Kubrick exhibition just recently in London. Uh, I took some photos because they had all of the uh, carpet from The Shining in there. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, no, I'm just – I'm a big film fan. You know, I do like all, all different types of genres of films. But um, that's where I sort of come to it. And, of course, Logan, who I do the podcast with, you know, he, he is an actual filmmaker. So he comes yeah. to it from, you know, from a more of a technical point of view than perhaps I do. Yeah, and I think that's kind of I know that's how I'm starting to develop to it as well as uh, Rhino because yeah, that's the that was both... the appeal for me. Like I'm I'm not necessarily like oh I love a haunted house, but I just love how much goes into the creating of the houses where it is like what you said where it's like you step through that window and you're in the film, mm. so it becomes this interactive. I I'd say the I mean as far as what I know the most like. I, I don't know the appropriate word here. The most immersive, immersive that you can get into a film, 
out there, Definitely. the experience. I mean, yeah. for some people, that's horrible for them because they're always horror movies. But, you know, it's kind of like that. that I don't know. Yeah, if they I could bring that's how Diagon Alley came around. I feel like is like that's what Halloween Horror Nights is, but on a larger, more invested scale. I'd say it's, it's the next level up. It's the next level up from watching the film itself. You know, it's I hate to put it in layman's terms, but it's just dropping you in the middle of it. It's it's just so so immersive. You get to actually live the film. You know, when you're watching that film, it's on the other side of a piece of glass. You know, there's nothing there. You actually you are experiencing uh, it firsthand. So I don't know what movie theaters you're going to that have glass screens in them, but. Oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, we don't. But that's okay. Uh, so I've got to go through a bit of the basics uh, with you as well, too, here. So mm-hmm. you've been coming since, uh, you said, 2000, right? Yeah. Which so year? I started at the event when Jack the Clown started at the event. Oh, ah. perfect timing. He is Jack the Clown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so which, which year has been your absolute favorite? Do you know what? I, I get asked this a lot, and I, I think the answer changes all the time. But at the moment, I think 2007 or last year are my favourites. Oh, yeah. really? Last year yeah, was I mean, they, they were both quite similar years, actually. Um, 2000, uh, last year was basically like um, 2007 on steroids. It was just like a bigger version of 2007. So that, that's, uh, yeah, it does change all the time. But at the moment, that, that's what I'm going with. And I've, I've <laughs> got to ask, sorry. I was going to say, I've just got to ask, um, I'm 2007, what number Halloween Horror Nights was that? Like, was that Halloween Horror Nights? That was 25 minus 9. Oh, or minus okay, 8. Yeah, that makes Seven, sense. 17. Yeah. 17, there we go. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is, is there a specific yeah. <laughs> house that stays with you that you're like, that's the house that has to be beat? Like, is it, do you have a favorite house that you've had over the years or... I don't know. I'm just curious. Um, One that you sometimes, think well, sometimes bad films make good Halloween Horror Nights houses. So, for example, in 2007, you had a house called Dead Silence. Oh yeah, which I is from that. a you know yeah. a beep movie picture that not many people have seen. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. I have not. No, I, I, but I, rem- I remember the previews for it. Like I, I remember when it came out. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. wait. Is so, that the one with the? That's not the one with the doll, is it? The the yeah, one that yeah, yeah. James Wan did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is that one. Yeah. Yeah. The people from Saw. Yeah, oh, his, it was his post. I've seen it film. on Netflix. Yeah, I have actually I seen the movie too. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not a great movie, but it made a really good house. I mean another another example, The Wolfman. Um, you know, not not a you know a great film, not a successful film, but the house for that was so immersive. I mean, you did literally feel like you were straight into the action with that one because they yeah. had stunts going on and special effects and all sorts in that one. Oh, so, that's cool. You know, I mean, I, I keep mentioning the IPs, but I mean, there have been, you know, tons of, of uh, original ideas that they've done over the years. I mean, from, um, you know, the, the like the Bloody Mary year. I mean, that was a, a very, very successful year um, when she was the icon that they created. I mean, she hasn't really ever come back. I remember the the billboards they put up on i4 when they first were mm. um advertising that year people were getting in car accidents by the when they first put them up it was right near the the Cayley exit and oh, really? i remember the billboard yeah because it was one of my first few years in florida i think that was like 2008 or 2009 or so it was 2008 yeah okay yeah and i remember this horrifying billboard that went up that had this like mirror on it and i i just remember hearing that it was it caused a couple of car uh, a couple fender benders right there because people just were so distracted by this this massive billboard and i remember yeah. like oh it's too scary i'm never going <laughs> like and then now of course i'm a huge was fan this of the one maybe because that's scary yeah yeah it was it was it was what they i it was it was intense needless to say i haven't seen one as scary since then but hmm. yeah i feel like i've missed we'll so see- much yeah well, that year, for example, they had a really detailed website, and they don't really go down this route anymore, but they would start building momentum and anticipation for the event back in, say, I don't know, perhaps May, even before that, perhaps. Oh. So you would get sort of a little update every week, and this, this scene would build up. So with that year particularly, it was this very long-drawn story about how uh, this uh, psychologist, she was gradually becoming insane herself with her patients, and then she basically turned into into Bloody Mary. And then there was this detective called Boris Scholster or Scheister or Scholster or somewhere. I'll come in they pronounce his name now. But um, he, he was uh, sort of investigating Bloody Mary just to try and sort of work out what was happening. So you're sort of following the clues with him. And then I think in the end he disappeared or, or she killed him or something. But it sort of tied into the house. He actually does still have a window in Universal Orlando. They actually left his window there, his, his detective agency. 
Oh, where is that at? It's in the, um, you know where the Blues Brothers perform on yeah. that New York yeah, street? Yeah, It's on the opposite side of the road. But I literally, I just, look, I'm not even kidding. I just was staring at that window the other day when we went after, yeah. when we did the walk around and I was where the psychic area was. Yeah. I was just yeah. staring and just like looking and I was like, oh, there's a detective window right there. I don't know why I, that caught my eye, but I was just like, oh, I wonder if that means anything. Spooky. And now well, I know, all, yeah. All, all of those sets are all based on famous movies, you know, Godfather, Vertigo, et cetera, et cetera. But that particular one is from 2008 Halloween Horror Nights. That's uh, that's cool. That's very cool. That's really awesome. Mm. Mm. Oh, I enjoy that. So, uh, so Rhino asked you about your house. Do you have a scare zone in particular Ooh. that has stood out uh, over time? That's more difficult. I mean, I was looking at this going back through the, the records. I mean, the scare zones particularly for me, I think every year they seem to get better. So I think like last year, I mean, if you was to take the psychotherapy house uh, scare zone yeah. back in the New York area, I don't think that could be beaten. I mean, it had many shows. It was vast. It had a huge number of scare actors. I mean, that to me, I think they raised the bar with scare zones, particularly for that one. Yeah, that was that was my second favorite one last year. Uh, I'm just, and the only reason that wasn't first is because I am a huge classic monsters fan. So yes, it's, yeah, and I, it, it just it couldn't quite win that. But uh, I spent a lot of time in there, especially watching the uh, the costume contest show. That was just highly entertaining, uh, especially whenever they had actual different uh, cast come up there to do that show. I, I loved every little bit of it. Um. But yeah, so, uh, you know, gone over all that now, but let's talk about the history itself. You said your book, it, it starts even before Halloween Horror Nights and Fright Nights at Universal Orlando. It starts in Hollywood. Do you want to just give us a, a brief overview, not giving away all the secrets on Halloween <laughs> Horror Nights and how we got to today? Well, as you said, it, it did start in Hollywood, um, and it was it was a very small, um, very small event that they did um, back in I want to say uh, 1986. That was when it started. I mean, that's quite a long time ago. And all they had that year was a terror tram. So they basically took the usual tram tour and they just updated it a bit and put a few scare actors there. And they sort of made more of the Psycho House and the Bates Motel. Um, and they created more of a sort of party atmosphere on the upper and the lower lots. They got a few musical acts and it was definitely more of a party. What stopped the, the the festivities was towards the end of the run. I mean, it sold out. It was so successful. It was around the time when people started to use credit cards. So people were sort of pre-booking and things like that. So Universal were really pleased with the numbers. Unfortunately, there was a serious accident on the uh, lower lot on the tram ride. One of the scare actors actually uh, died one of the evenings. He got caught under the um, under the actual tram. Oh. Uh, and oh. passed away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they had that which was the sort of tip of the iceberg. And then they had a lot, a lot of trouble with the party atmosphere. If you mm -hmm. let a lot of younger people suddenly have loads of alcohol in a theme park, it kind of, um, you know, without having all the controls that we have today, perhaps there was a, there was quite a lot of issues, a lot of teething problems. So then they, they kind of looked at it and they said, well, it was very successful financially, but it was a heck of a lot of trouble. So they started to relook at it. Um, and then that was, I believe, the year when they had quite a serious um, uh, fire on the backlot. So the backlot tram tour itself uh, got changed around and moved around. Anyway, for one, for a better reason, for, for, to get into the conclusion of it all, they, they decided that the event, they put it on hiatus and they basically, you know, they, they, they just stopped it for the time being. Um, then going back over to Orlando, um, when that opened in uh, 91, I um, I'm sure you're aware, but that when it first opened, they themselves had a lot of problems. A lot of the rides didn't work, yes. I mean, particularly the, the Jaws queue. I mean, in fact, it was uh, Jaws that actually led to the event coming to Orlando because they, uh, the first um, house that they built was actually in the Jaws queue because it was it all been built, it all been ready, and then they had this litigation issue with the contractor that built the ride, um, and then the. Um, the uh, Sid Scheinberg, the uh, president of Universal, decided that they needed to do something to get people through the gate. Um, they'd had a lousy summer uh, in the previous year, in the following year, rather, and decided that they needed to do something in order to, to bring the people in. So they decided to go down the same route and have more of a party atmosphere. And they built one house, which was the um, Dungeon of Terror. 
I believe. Just checking my notes. It's been a long time since I've talked about this. Yes, it was the Dungeon of Terror. <laughs> Over in the Jaws queue. And, uh, yeah, it was an absolute out of the park. Out, out, you know, they knocked it well yeah. out of the park with it. It was a huge success. And then it's basically built on from there. But Julie Zimmerman, who um, she had worked uh, in Hollywood for uh, Steven Spielberg and, and various other producers on the back lot at Universal, she was tasked with coming to Orlando when it was just a, you know, just a, a parcel of land yep. to actually help create and design the theme park. And when her uh, role as, as project manager had basically come to an end and the park was open, and this was her first task after building the theme park. She was given uh, Halloween Horror Nights to basically devise and come up with what they should do. So she kind of looked at what they did in Hollywood and then she kind of took it in her own direction. Um, so it was thanks to Julie, really, that um, the event exists. And she actually wrote the foreword um, in my book. So she's been very, very helpful. Oh, Julie. wow. Awesome. That's really cool. Mm. Yeah, and she's got so many great stories. I mean, I, I ring her up sometimes. She's rattling on about, you know, Steven Spielberg and this this guy came in and this actor. And I'm trying to remember who they are. But yeah, she's, <laughs> she's, she's really great. Oh, it's... That sounds absolutely incredible. So the event comes to Orlando, and over the years, it has evolved, gotten bigger and bigger. Um, uh, we're all aware. Again, none of us got to experience, but they even it, uh, they even had the year where they crossed over from Universal Studios into Islands of Adventure as well, too. Yeah. Uh, albeit that was a one-time happening, right? It only... It never uh, happened again? Two or three times that's Oh, happened. really? Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. It, logistically, Islands of Adventure it is a difficult park to manage um, in terms of uh, the footfall that go through and in terms of putting uh, actual houses in there. Yeah. So it, it is quite difficult to, um, to, to look after. But they have had it as a dual event. So they've opened up portions of Islands of Adventure. So you can sort of enter in the studios and then walk up by Blue Man Group and enter in the back way. So they have opened up some of the park in okay. previous years. So, awesome. So, it, it did evolve in that way, and over the years, they've added uh, more and more intellectual properties. They had these icons, but when when do you think the icons became a big, important part of the event? Well, the, the event has always had icons, per se, but it's okay. just that people refer to the icons as sort of Jack, the caretaker, and the usher, um, storyteller, uh, Eddie, uh, Bloody Mary, and all the other ones that they've had just recently. Um, but from, from the get-go, I mean, they had the classic uh, uh, monsters. They were the, the icons of the event. Um, and I've got quite a few interesting stories about some of the uh, relatives of the people that paid the original uh, monsters in the book. Some of them were and weren't happy with their faces being used for Halloween Horror Nights. But oh, wow. You have, to check, <laughs> you have to check that out. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, but back then as well, uh, Julie used to call it the Wild West because she uh, told me on a number of occasions that their budgets were really limited back in the old days. So in terms of paying the, the appropriate license fee, perhaps, didn't happen uh you know i mean they definitely did have um you know girl on bed covered in pea soup being pushed around the park yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh that's great so people say oh the exorcist that's brand new to the event she you know she's never been at the event well she has she was actually there in year two but uh, as i say she wasn't actually technically called that and uh-huh. hadn't paid any royalties to warner brothers for their use but uh, back then, it was a little bit more Wild West, like she, she says. And also, another thing that I put in the book this year as well, that she told me some great stories about how, do you remember back in the day, they used to have, um, they used to, Hollywood used to send them props from current films, so like Jurassic Park and yeah. uh, The Mummy, and they would sort of exhibit them in the park? Yeah. Well, she used to make some of them go missing and then <laughs> repurpose them in the house. Oh, that's funny. That's awesome. So, I mean, even, even films like The Flintstones has ended up, you know, she's nicked a load of props from that and put into a haunted house. So I've got to ask, where, where did the Flintstones props end up? What house? Uh, it, it was the year, I think it was the year that it actually went to Islands of Adventure, funny enough. There was a, um, like a, I think it was a Savages uh, scare zone in the Jurassic Park area. <laughs> and loads of people running around with loincloths and things. And I think that um, bits of the, uh, like Fred Flintstone's car and that got turned into, like up, turned upside down and then had extra props put on it and things. So the, the, the most uh, shocking repurposing of a prop was, um, and you've probably seen it recently, did you see the picture of um, Steven Spielberg kneeling down in front of the Triceratops yeah. from the first draft? Oh. Yeah. 
And then people were, were tagging it and having it as a meme saying, like, that, oh, he killed hunter. the dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that went to Orlando uh, to show the public. She took it, cut its head off. <sighs> And then they had this year where they, uh, like, the monsters had, had mutated into half people, half dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. And she had this in one of the houses, uh, all, you know, completely destroyed, covered in blood. <laughs> so that prop, that iconic prop from that film, Halloween <laughs> Horror Nights. Oh, my gosh. That is insane. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I, I have like no words. For yeah, it, honestly, yeah. I, it's I, not I, in the Smithsonian. It's probably in a in a, in, in a landfill <laughs> somewhere now. I think. Yeah, I feel like I need to meet Julie and become her best friend. Yeah. <laughs> All these. Oh, stories. she's great, Julie. It's just wow. <laughs> so I have to ask you this though, too. So you you do Hollywood, or do you you like you prefer Orlando, or what's the? I know the book is about Orlando, but do you yeah. yourself like to go to the Hollywood one as well, or? Well, the I have been to the Hollywood one. The Hollywood one, as you, I'm sure you've been. You know that the theme park itself is very different to Orlando, yeah. isn't it? It's not. You know, it's a bit with the hill. It's a bit disjointed, isn't it? You know, it's. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the attractions are better and, and some of them aren't. The The problem with Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood... Have you been to Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood? Yeah, I, I went last year for the first time. And, and then I was there went, the year before, before that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I've got nothing against it. I think it's good. And I think the, um, you know, you can compare and contrast it quite a bit with, uh, you know, the way they do their different things over there. I mean, they have a much heavier emphasis on IPs over there. You know, and I, I do like it. I do. I mean, I absolutely love walking on the back lot. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. walking up and touching the psycho house and the base yeah. hotel is just just a dream, really. Yeah. Um, but I do definitely prefer Orlando over Hollywood. Oh, OK. Yeah. I mean, I think overall, Orlando is the better event. Uh, the year that I was able to go to Hollywood, though, um, it just some of the it was the intellectual properties that they did have uh, with um, they had the from dusk till dawn house there, yeah. which they had the brothers out front doing a whole little bit, whereas ours, they were just featured right at the end and the cantina mm. shooting and so yeah, like I did, I did it added ours. that extra level of uh immersion into the story by having them out there getting up in everyone's face saying don't go in there stuff like that um mm. and their alien versus predator that year they you ended off with the queen and uh, this giant yeah. puppet and there was it, the intellectual mm. properties there i felt that year in particular it's my only year i went i just i preferred those but one of the things I love and appreciate more and more every year in Orlando is our original properties, um, yeah. the original creations, mm -hmm. the the people, Mike Aiello and his team and everyone who works on uh, Halloween Horror Nights out here, whenever they create these original houses, it's just Wait, it's, so it's breathtaking. Does Hollywood not have original houses? I, they do. Um, like the, mm. I don't think I went in any la when I went last year. That's why I think I only did like I because I very distinctly remember mm. IPs, but I don't remember the un the, know, the year ones. I was there. They had one that Slash did the soundtrack for it, and there yes. was poop yeah. smeared all over the walls, and it was just <laughs> it was disgusting. So uh, it definitely it definitely wasn't as memorable as. Not in the good way. Our original yeah. houses, I'll say that for sure. Well, their their Terratram this year is an original. It's um, uh, Eli Roth, I think, yep. has designed uh, oh, this this sort of strange clown that's been living on the back lot rough somewhere. Um, and it's it it sounds a really good story, actually. That one. Yeah, I I was impressed just seeing the picture of the clown and some of the mm. stuff the uh, their HHN was tweeting out on it. It it looks mm. like it could be interesting. Um, but let's come back over here. What icon is your absolute favorite, if you had to pick one? I know for some people that's like picking a child. Well, I think I'm contractually obliged to say Jack the Clown, <laughs> uh, <laughs> since we're trying to get him to come back on the show. So I think uh, – but they, funny enough, Jack the Clown's been in the news a lot today because um, he's the icon for Singapore this year. Yeah, I saw that. You yeah. call that. 
Yeah, so it's confusing the heck out of people at the moment. I'm getting people messaging me going, I thought Chance was the icon. Yeah, yeah, no, Chance is the icon. It's just Jack is now at Singapore. So it's getting a little bit confusing because there's sort of a, a crossing of the streams of marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, well, that's what happens whenever you live in our social media world. Yeah. Everything yeah. is wide out there. I enjoy Jack, too. Obviously, last year, that was my first real experience with Jack. Um, I mm. think in my first year I attended was 21, so I had Lady Luck that year. But mm. that was my first year that I was working at Universal, so I did not understand anything that was happening with Horror Nights at all. So mm. I wish I could go back in time and teach <laughs> myself to pay attention to it a little bit more. I uh, I probably would have got more out of it, but I, I do. I'm very excited about Chance being the icon this year. Uh, last year mm. in the Carnage Returned stage show, uh, as much as I love Jack in that, I thought Chance just dominated that show entirely. Mm. Uh, what What are your thoughts on Chance? Yeah, I, I I absolutely love that icon. I think she's she's great. I think the actress that plays Erin, I think she's brilliant. Um, funny story, one year she didn't play uh, Chance. I think she was in the UK on, on a tour in production, and she was actually played by another actress called Erin. So there's a little a little fun fact for you. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, she, I mean, the, the character I think is great. I think um, this year, I think it may have been a little bit of a mistake not to have had a show for her as the icon. I mean, some years they don't. Um, you know, in the past, like Bloody Mary or Lady Luck, they haven't really done a show for them. But um, I think from what I've heard, she may be appearing in her own uh, scare zone. So that's something to look out for. Yeah. But no, I'm really pumped for that. I don't remember where I saw that. I know I saw it on Twitter. I don't know if it was something you passed along, but potentially a stage being rolled out with her on it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was our our site had that. So uh, yeah. we we hope what we've heard is true. Now we just because <laughs> we we get past a lot of information and we we you know we try and put as much as we think is worth putting out there. We we did put out quite a, a very good rumor recently about Penn and Teller, um, and of course that never happened. So. Yeah. You know, something was going to happen and then it didn't happen. But exactly. Penn and Teller were you know. You know, things can change at the last second. They think they're going to get an uh, intellectual property, and things fall through. And like scream, yeah, you get the perch. So mm. I was worried that that was going to happen for uh, an extra year, and we weren't going to get horror story, and we were going to get purge because I even heard as of like two weeks ago before they made that announcement, they were starting to pull the uh, purge costumes out and preparing them just in case. Uh, so yeah. Um, they well, missed a while with that one, I think. Yeah. yeah. I. What are your thoughts on the new that new experience they're offering that virtual reality, the repository? Yeah. Okay. Well, last year they actually um, trialed this. They got a small bunch of people, uh, sort of Halloween Horror Nights um, legendary truth mm-hmm. followers, and they trialed it in the Mummy Cube somewhere. They shot off that um, in sort of the Macy's shop area. Yeah. Um, and they did a smaller version of it there. And the people that I know that did it last year all told me that it was the most terrifying thing they've ever done in their lives. Oh, God. <laughs> well, Pete, Pete. And I'm talking seasoned Halloween Horror Nights fans here, not, you know. Oh, gosh. Yeah. P- yeah. Pete, our boss, he, he has invested heavily in uh, virtual reality systems like the Oculus and Ri- uh, Rift, right? Is the other one? Oculus Rift. Or Oculus, Oculus Rift. Rift. What's the other one he has? Um, Whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll- <laughs> Anyway, because I couldn't tell you which one yeah. it is, but he one of the things is when you go in and you can, you know, it's got all the programs that are set in it. There is one that was like it's a room that you go in and it's like saw where you're like looking mm-hmm. around the room. And there's a TV on and the light starts flickering and I'm like there's a little TV you can look at and then it becomes kind of like the ring because there's a girl in the TV. And I was even like, you know, with the glasses on and the sound around you like the way it is, it it and because your senses about your surroundings change because you're absorbed in that virtual reality area. Like, you know, yes, it can be disoriented and a little nauseating. However, it is terrifying because you're then trying to become that much more aware of your surroundings that you can't become any more aware of because you've just, you lost two of your senses. And I I don't know, it, it seems like something like very nervous to try, but very, interested to see how they do it. yeah exactly you know mm. i wanted to do legendary truth last year but every time they had in uh hollywood they had the statue that everyone would line up behind 
mm. and get in line for that. And you know, every time they like threw out on Facebook or Twitter that like, okay, get in line for this time, go over there, and it'd be hundred people deep. Wow, they were testing to, that out two years ago in twenty fourteen when you went. You're saying last year? Oh, oh, I, I thought I, I was thinking Hollywood for some reason. Yeah. I'm sorry. So I. I think it's got promise. I mean, we're going to do it. We have to do well, it. Well, they yeah. they said you need to allow an hour and a half to complete the experience. Oh wow, wow, that's crazy. So, I don't know if I could make it there. that far through it. That's the thing. That's like you know the houses are fun, and I always say like the what what I really got into last year was the like repeated experiences that, and I can't emphasize that enough. That if you're somebody who you're like okay, I enjoyed it. It's definitely worth more than one trip and one season because you never get that full experience in one house because you're for me it's all about like. Uh, who is the person behind the corner? Where's the person behind the corner? But then once I become familiar with that, I can go through and really start to look at the settings and the scenery. And, it, you know, that I, like we did the show after the first night we went. Yeah. I couldn't remember anything afterwards. Um, and so it was kind of like, but now it's, it's all with me now. So I, I'm just – but those are just five-minute houses. I can't imagine <laughs> – this hour and a half experience, like I'm worried it might cause psychological damage to myself. <laughs> like, you know, well, right there, you have to start looking at how you are truly going to plan out your, uh, Halloween horror night. You can't, if it is an hour and a half long experience and you are only going on one night, that's true. You then have to decide on, you got to get the fast passes what? for sure. At that point, fast so, passes, excuse come me. on, excuse me, front of the line. <sighs> What is it? Express. 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 You're fine. We'll get there. Best out of three. Um, (laughs) My fifth year, I'll get it. So, uh, speaking of that, uh, I know you are an expert at actually preparing for Horror Nights. And uh, that being said, with adding a repository needing that, uh, what what tips and tricks do you kind of have in order to help maximize your time and enjoyment of the event? Well, the, the, the... Biggest question that I get asked a lot is um, I, I get the question that I'm a scaredy cat. What should I do? Should I go? Should I not go? Are my kids old enough? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So I get a lot of questions about that. So I always say that if you've got any concerns about the the, the level of, of, of scares that are in the event, is do one of the behind the scenes tours because they will show you where the scares are. They will show you the sets. You know, they may even show you some of the costumes. Um, and that does, I find from people that are fed back to me, that sort of relays a lot of fear. So that's probably my number one tip because I get asked that quite a lot. Uh, have, you, have you done the tour, behind-the-scenes tour? I am. I haven't had the chance to do it yet. I am doing the Unmasking the Horror tour for the first time this year, September 24th. Don't be a part of my group, people. I'm already going with a friend. Oliver's birthday. Uh, no, I I will get to see it for the first time this year, so I'm very excited. Um, it's just one of those things. It is an extra cost uh, mm. on top of uh, the, you know, it's, it's aside from the event. You technically don't have to do the event to do the Unmasking the Horror Tour. You can do it by yourself. Um, but it was one of those things I could just never get over adding in the extra. But I can't mm. really call myself this huge mega fan if I'm not willing to to invest the time and money into it. And so I'm doing it this year. How much is uh, that extra event? It's 75 I believe, if you do either mm. the morning or afternoon session. And then it is 120 if you do the morning and afternoon session in a combo. Mm. Okay. I yeah. think. So. Yeah. I don't know. I just put it on my credit card and figure I'll worry about it in a month whenever I have to pay it off. I, right? I think that's a business expense, Craig, if you ask me. <laughs> I'm trying to work that angle. Uh, yeah. Come on, Pete. So, I, you know, so, I figure maybe at least you can get the repository and the Scare Actor dining experience uh, out yeah. of it. Because I didn't get to do that last year either. And I know this year they're adding it on every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Well, for I didn't the even event. know that was a thing. So I think that's like. I, I, I can work here and not know that's a thing, then we should be like reporting on that for sure. Did you do the Scare Actor Dining Experience last year? No, I, I didn't have time to do it last year, but uh, we interviewed the uh, Tim and, and Jen Tracker on our yeah. show. Uh, they had done it and uh, they loved it and they're actually doing it again this year, so it must be pretty good. Yeah, no, I remember watching. Uh, I I remember watching stuff they were putting out from there. So mm. it, it looked very entertaining. Uh, mm. but, what last year they only did. 
like four nights of it i want to say yeah it was, it was a small test really wasn't it i think yeah it was very very limited so just another thing for people out there to uh try if they haven't done before so uh yeah obviously there's a lot to see a lot to do um how what do you recommend for people who are only doing one night of the event do you even is there even good advice to give them or do you just tell them flat there out is, yeah. add on more and become a frequent fear pass holder well that, that's probably the best answer the, se- the second best answer is if, if budget allows then do an rip tour where you can backdoor every single house as many times as you want well, as long as it's a private tour if you're in a, a tour with with other people then um you just do one house yeah. and then you can have an hour or so to yourself to go and do some rides and things but um or you can also you also see all the shows as well when you do one of those tours so if you've got the cash that's always a you know a really great option um another couple of other really important tips um is to if you're going to universal anyway and you haven't got express pass is go to the park during the day, particularly aim for sort of after lunch kind of time, do a few rides, see a few shows, and then stay in the park. They do allow this. There are specific zones that you can go and uh, sit in, like the Simpsons area or or New York, which then as soon as the event sort of opens, before the gates of, you know, hordes of people come running in, um, you can get in some of the houses that are already open. So you can, you know, if you've got an express pass, you know, don't use it. You can see those houses because there's no queues and then come back to them later on with an express pass. But um, the other the other tip that, that uh, I tell a lot of people that a lot of people don't really realize, and you will have to look at this in the book because it took a lot of time and effort to sort this out, but is to avoid what they call hell week. It's a phrase that uh, Halloween Horror Nights fans have used for, for ages now, but it basically means that there is this week in the calendar where every school is off and yeah. uh, there's, there's public holidays. Uh, I can't remember now. There's a list of about 20 different things all happening in this one week. And then that is the week to definitely avoid, even if you've got express passes, avoid, because yeah. I've known people with express passes wait nearly an hour during Hell Week. No, I've I've yeah. been in that boat before, too, where you have mm. express, but it doesn't matter. You're still mm. waiting 20, 30 minutes, even longer. Uh, yeah. Everyone converges on the same house at the same time. There's just there's nothing you can do to avoid it. Uh, mm. It's just bad play. Um where was I going? I lost my train of thought there. That is terrible of me. So uh, I want to jump back in talking about uh, some of the intellectual properties that we were talking about mm-hmm. uh, before. So um, you, you mentioned that like the classic monsters were obviously there uh, in the beginning. Uh, the Exorcist, unofficially, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> mm. not allowed. But um, when, when did these intellectual properties start becoming extremely dominant over the original ones. Cause I feel like 21, whenever I went, that was mostly originals with a couple, uh, a couple intellectual property houses. And then from there, it seemed mm-hmm. like it was just all IPs. Once the walking dead hit big, when did that really yeah. shift? Was that it? Well, Julie tells me that when the park first opened, that the whole ethos of the park was ride the movies. You know, it's a great tagline. And that was the whole ethos behind what they called the Florida Project for them. Um, So she found that in the second year and the third year, and I think the fourth year that she was working on the event, she got quite a few IPs. I mean, I say IPs, but they were universal um, properties. I mean, the, the, the first ever... Uh, sort of film-based uh, house that they had was um, the people under the stairs in the second year in 1992. Yeah. Um, and then in the third year, she also had that again, and uh, they did a, a Norman Bates Psycho uh, house, oh. which actually used the Psycho Four sets that were yeah. there when the theme park was built. I mean, sadly, yeah. they've been demolished now, but hey ho. Um, so, you know, from the originally IPs were incredibly important, you know, and, and she tells stories about how um, that she tried to obtain IPs. I mean, um, I'll tell you a very quick one. Jason might be embarrassed if I tell you this, but Jason Sorrell, uh, he, he started out. Julie gave him his first job, essentially, as, yeah. a, as a designer. I mean, he went off to become you know, a very famous Imagineer, but it was Julie that kind of gave him his start out in his career. And he, she helped. She put him on to Halloween Horror Nights with herself. And it was her. Uh, and then J. Michael Roddy as well. I mean, all around yep. the same time coming into Universal. And I can't remember if, I think it was John Carpenter. 
he 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 wrote a really nice message um, and faxed it to John Carpenter's office that was at the time on the Universal backlot in Hollywood, basically saying, "Oh, uh, dear Mr. Carpenter, please could I use Halloween as as a house for Halloween Horror Nights?" You know, <laughs> and they sort of they faxed back and said, "Oh, you know, thank you for your interest. We're really keen. You know, blah blah blah." But you know, and then as soon as legal found out, they were like, "You did what?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that that might be one of the best stories I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. oh. so anyway um so originally they were very important and then as time run on the i think budgets may have been a reason um, and other different things particularly where they expanded to being a resort you know things were a lot tighter than, than they were i mean they, they started off tight i mean if she was repurposing hollywood props because she couldn't afford to put them in the houses you know build her own props then They've always had a bit of a tight budget. Um, and then it really – then you went into the, the Crypt Keeper era, if anyone can remember him. I know he's coming back this oh, year yeah. in a new M. Night Shyamalan-produced uh, series or something. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he was the, the icon for a, for, a, for a short period. And then it really did go into a lot of original content. Um, and then that's when the icons themselves came in in 2000. Um, but as you said, uh, Craig, it was pretty much that year that you attended. That was probably one of the last years where it was sort of original content heavy. And it's sort of there's more um, there's more. Uh, what's the word? Um, synchronization, if you like, between Orlando now and Hollywood. They were yeah. very two very, very separate events. I mean, to, to them, their icon was always the director. And that's who a lot of the younger people in Southern California, that's who they recognize. Whereas over here, we're very much all about Jack. So they were they were very two different events, and they they took themselves in two different directions. Whereas now there's more sharing of information, sharing of houses, and they together go out and and, and attract new IP holders to come to the event, like the Exorcist, you know, like Krampus, you know, they're yeah. talking to them together rather than separately. So there'll be more of that in the future. Yeah, and I mean that works out because although they do bring them in together with the promise of being at both events, uh, from the one experience that I had, and I think. Uh, rhino can attest from last year they are vastly different houses because uh you know mike's the creative director out here and then uh his name slipped my nine for the one that John Murdy. thank you yes he he's out there in hollywood and they both have different visions for how these houses should work so it really is if you want to get the full scope of it you kind of need to see both but of course, we recommend coming to Orlando because that is still the absolute best. You got to start with Orlando at least. Yeah. Like you got to go there, and yeah. then I like to go. I for me, Hollywood was like, well, you got to see like the birthplace of you know Universal and that type of a celebration. Mm. But I do, I do agree. Like here's the you know where the beacon. We're like yeah. the shining light, you know. Mm. Do Fires you have, of hell, I guess, is really what I should say <laughs> since it's Halloween. But like. do you have a favorite intellectual property that's been used? In the past, um, I, hmm. I, I mean, going back to the Wolfman house, I mean, the film wasn't great, but the house that year was particularly good for IPs. Another very good one, actually, was um, in back back in 2007 again, was they used the Jaws queue and they turned it into the um, campsite from um, Friday the 13th with oh, uh, Jason. Oh, wow. That, cool. Yeah, Jason. Um, and it was it, that setting with the lake in the background was so on the money for that film you know they didn't have to do too much to make that feel like camp uh, camp blood yeah camp, crystal, lake. Crystal, lake. crystal lake crystal lake that's it you know they didn't have to do too much and so when they filled that with all the props and all the costumes and things from various jason films that was really on the money that year that one and i'm sort of sad as well that um you can't do what what fans call the shark in the dark which was doing the jaws uh, ride at yeah. night yeah yeah, I remember the the one of the first years I went when I finally when I lived here. It was I was like, oh, we've we've got to do that because I've heard how great it was. But something was wrong with the attraction when I went to go, and then by the time I went back, it was like a really long wait, and so we couldn't do it. And little did I know the ride was going to close so soon in the future. Yeah. You know, I only did it yeah. once at night, and that was back while I was still working at Universal, and um, it was. A night of joy was happening and for some reason we obviously didn't go to night of joy or what's it called rock the universe my bad yeah i was on yeah. disney mode there <laughs> rock the universe now? was happening that's my bad you get one i get one um and <laughs> so we just randomly were like let's go ride jaws at night we never get to do that and that was incredible i was also fortunate i uh th that year 21 that's the year that saws and steam 
was in the Jaws queue. Mm. And that was the last house they ever had in the Jaws queue because then it was yeah. uh, closed the next year. I actually I was rescued over from Forbidden Journey to uh, Saws and Steam, and I worked on Halloween night for the final night of that house. And it was oh, wow. one of I, – I mean I was in the queue just patrolling, making sure people stopped smoking, all that for <laughs> most of it. But then I was like – I think I was the third or fourth to last person to actually – walk through the house to make sure it was clear. And that's like one of those, that was one of the coolest moments that I was, I was one of the last to ever go through a house like that. But James uh, Keaton, who plays Jack, he, he played, he he, uh, tells a a couple of good stories about, um, about the Jaws ride itself in 2001, they actually put Jack the clown in the ride. So he was saying that you, you had a lot of people that have done it a million times, you know, yeah. and they're just sort of doing it because it's something to do, sit down, you know. So you're going through into the boathouse scene. Yeah. And, of course, you're waiting for the shark to come up. I think it was on its right. Right. Coming yeah. up from the right. So, of course, that would come up. And as soon as it went down, he would come at you from the left. Oh, my gosh. That is <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, is awesome. that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And the, the other interesting one he he tells, and I think he may have told it on Scarezone actually as well, was um, a couple of years they just had characters dressed up, uh, actors dressed up as the characters from the monsters. Mm-hmm. So and they would just literally go around the park. They would go on Jaws, you know. They would just oh my walk gosh, around that's so and, cool! Yeah, yeah. I love stuff uh, like that. I kind of wish that I I don't know. I love when they not to say that they don't do that anymore. Or they won't do that anymore. But I love those little like bits of like the little touches like that i don't know mm. yeah throwing in the class a little extra modern, you know yeah it's very cool so that is a lot of the things i had to ask you it's way more stories than i expected some of them really really <laughs> fantastic all of it fantastic i was gonna say i shouldn't say it in that way that sounds yeah. terrible of me <laughs> the other's no, horrible <laughs> this has been amazing really incredible you are a genius at all of this so but we a couple weeks ago, whenever we did, uh, once all the houses were announced and everything, we listed our our favorite, oh, yeah. what we predict to be our favorite houses, uh, ranked from nine to one, obviously, um, and had a very a very varying list. Not to repeat myself there. So, do you have a prediction this year on how you think the houses are going to be? Well, the the one I'm most looking forward to is Krampus. It's one that I've known about for quite a long time. Me um, too. Yeah, the Krampus house uh, is made by was made by Universal with their deal with Legendary. Yeah. And if you're a nerd like me and you've gone over the contract documents, you will see that that partnership it does include Halloween Horror Nights. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on with with that partnership that takes a look at well. If we build this and make this into a movie, how successful will it be if we then make it into a Halloween Horror Nights house? So they're kind of thinking about Halloween Horror Nights for the first time ever before they actually go into make things. Because normally they make the film and then they try and figure out how to put it in a house. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, so particularly like with um, with Hollywood, for example, they've they've built the facade which is out there on the back lot at the moment, which um, they'll attach somehow into the house. Us, we've got it in the uh, Shrek Theater, which I don't think is possibly the greatest location to have a house. Yeah. Purely because everything that goes into Shrek has to come out of Shrek in record time uh, at the end of the event. So they can't, from from what I've heard, they can't build, I wouldn't say they're not permanent because they, these things all get trashed, don't they, after the event. But they have to build things that can be taken apart quickly. Yeah. And if you've ever bought IKEA furniture, oh no no no, I won't go down that route. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I worry about that, but that's my most anticipated house at the moment is Krampus, and then uh, definitely Halloween is, is up there as well. Yeah. Any that you are not looking forward to at all? Just be you don't uh, have to you don't have to answer, but you don't have to trash anything. But we're just saying ones that you're like I don't have hopes for it, you know, or I don't, you know, I would like to be surprised by this one. Yeah. Well, I, I think we will all be surprised, surprised by The Walking Dead. I think this year, because it's rumoured to be its last year, you know, nod, nod, they might be putting a permanent attraction in like they have at Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I think they will all go out all singing or dancing with this house. Uh, last year in Hollywood, I found that their Walking Dead was almost identical, but I found it a much better experience over there. I think that perhaps they had more scare actors in there that, yeah. that sort of lent itself uh, a better, because I think with, with that, 
particular house because they can't have the characters i think it needs more zombies in order to make it terrifying because zombies by themselves aren't particularly scary because we've had it so many times now haven't we so they're too slow well that's that's been my complaint too is that it's just the zombies and for me there's no it it could be any house there's no there's no uh like weight that pulls me into the show like it it doesn't other than like the little nod here or there but nothing was very specific it felt just i could be walking through any street in georgia or whatever you know yeah and well, it, it's like last year. Do you remember? I don't know if you watched the show, but when the um, the kid got trapped between the revolving doors at the shop, yeah, yeah. Uh, the store. Um, so in Florida, you had those mannequins that sort of slowly, with the lights. Yeah, if yeah. you remember those, which is isn't scary at all. I mean, they're very well built, you know. But then when you got to that portion of the room, there was I think there was just one scare actor just standing around banging the glass. Yeah. Whereas in Hollywood, they had exactly the same scene, but they had about you know well over a dozen scare actors in there, and yeah. they they came you know running towards us. That was terrifying. Yeah. You know. I would love to be surprised by The Walking Dead mm. this year. Um, mm. You know, it is going over all of the best moments of the series, and there have been a lot of good moments. So. Uh, I, I'm very pumped about that. It ends with a guy who's going to bash your head in with the baseball bat. That's the last. Part I would of the love thing to when you're see walking if it out. would end if you end with the governor walking back Not and the forth. Governor Negan. Is oh, what sorry, I'm Negan. Sorry, it, the Negan, it, and he's just walking back and forth with Lucille, and yeah. like, it, that doesn't have to be a scary end. But that would be just the, the guy perfect at the end, end. If, doing that. Yeah. If that's what you want, I think you will both be very pleased. Oh. Put it that way. <laughs> oh no! I'm, I'm just that blushing. Would, I am very happy. <laughs> the, the, the other thing that's really interesting as well is down near the airport somewhere they've got this huge, huge warehouse, and they, you know, I say they probably trash the Triceratops. It's probably there, but they stock <laughs> in this in this warehouse all of the old props. Uh, from Halloween Horror Night, yeah. so all of the stuff they've had for The Walking Dead is probably stored in that warehouse. Oh wow! So you know, for them to bring it back and repurpose it, I yeah. mean, they, they do get That's... damaged and they'll have to be repaired, and there'll be things yeah. they probably do have to throw out. But you know, you're going to get a lot of stuff from the, that worked in the previous years yeah. come back for this house. I mean, the first the first year specifically, that was that was a good solid year. I mean, not in not in the best location, being in the disaster queue. You're talking when it was the scare zone, or you're talking when they first made it into the house? Whenever it was in the house. Okay. It was in disaster queue, so, you know, you had to, like, every house in there, you would have to wait until it got really dark to get a good experience mm. out of it. Um, yeah. Rest in peace, obviously, this year. I'm glad they went out mm. on a high with Run. I really enjoyed that. Um, but, no, I, I, now I'm very, very excited for Walking Dead. Just it, Yeah, I... I <laughs> And the other two as well are the two uh, original houses. I think uh, particularly the um, Tomb of the Ancients one. Yeah. Because I'm being told that it's a sort of a combination between the mummy and Indiana Jones. So, you know, if they go down that route, I'm really, really pumped for that. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. No, Mm. I I know Lightning Gulch appeals to me for like Westerns and Mm -hmm. and that whole aesthetic. But Tomb of the Ancients, I think that's going to surprise up in... uh, and be very, very detailed, very beautiful, but also very scary. And, you know, of course, I, I can't wait for Krampus. I love that movie. It's it's not a great movie. Um, but now knowing that aspect that they have been thinking about it being a house uh, mm. since even before the movie was made, mm. that's, that's just incredible. Like, I, I, I really appreciated always, like, the Dark Christmas uh, scare zone that they had in yeah. Hollywood. That was my... My favorite thing, and so then once Krampus got announced that it was going to be a movie, I, I felt mm-hmm. like it had to be a house based on how good that scare zone was. So now mm. we just we just have to get to the point where it's here so we can go in it. Well, I'll give you all an exclusive. I haven't told anyone this yet, but the Ooh. next book I'm working on is about the Universal Monsters. Oh, um, God. Craig's gonna yeah, die. exclusive for the Diz. There we go. Oh, wow. Logan's been... Logan's been asking me for weeks, and I won't tell him. So now, now he knows what it is. I'm probably going to get sacked, but hey. Um, but the reason I mention that is, as you know, they are re, they are re, um, what's the word they They're use? They're trying now? to reimagine re, um, it. They're bringing it, bringing the back the re-imagine. shared universe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that they'll be starting to filter through. I think next year with Tom Cruise in the Mummy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're also looking at that and saying. Well, we know these are coming up. We can use these to help market the event, and we can help the event market these movies. So look for them in the future. 
that is very exciting. Very, very yeah, exciting. I didn't even think of that. That'll be a lot of fun for sure. Especially if they're going to approach it in that same way you're saying with Krampus, like going into thinking like, how can we continue to, you know, the synergy? How can we keep that going? Oh, that like it's incredible. Yeah, I'm super no. <laughs> excited now for next year. It's brilliant. Modern Universal is all about synergy now. It's, yeah. it's good. No, it's it's good for them, and it's, it's good for, for all us, of yeah. us. Uh, it's you know, it's I if I ever move away from Florida, which I don't know if I will at this point, I think Halloween Horror Nights will be the only thing that I will truly miss being away. I thought, it, see, I thought you were going to say it was going to be the thing that will keep pulling you back. It would be the thing that keeps pulling me back, too. Uh, it, the other thing that would have helped would have been the Osborne Lights over at uh, Hollywood Studios, but we could forget about that now. <laughs> so now it's just solely Halloween Horror Nights, and it's, it's, it is it's reason enough to live here. It is the greatest event at any theme park, hands down, and uh, it's something I look forward to every year. So. Well, yep. there, there are haunts, you know, there are ghost houses all over Europe and then they're all over the States, but <laughs> there are none like Halloween Horror Nights. Agreed. Period. No, I, yeah. the, my, my local one where I grew up, I only attended it once and I thought mm-hmm. it was cool at the time until I came to Halloween Horror Nights <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. that has shattered yeah. me ever wanting to go back there ever again. <laughs> but, yeah. Hey, yeah. that's reality. So, um, yeah, that's that's all I got. This has been an absolutely fascinating conversation. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, before we go, though, I just want you to remind uh, everyone out there. What's the book again? Where can we get what's it? What's the book? Where can we get it? Where can we find you? Just plug it all away one more time. We want to make sure everyone okay. knows. Well, Scare Zone podcast that I do with Logan uh, and obviously Scotty Too Hotty. I should mention Scott because he's on the show as well. He's a, a WWE wrestler. And a fan. WWE. A friend of the Diz as well, too. We've had him friend on of the Diz. a couple times. Cool, cool. Um, I also do another podcast called Diz After Dark, which we talk a little bit yeah. more about um, oh, yeah, Disney. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We sort of um, get drunk and talk about Disney. It's quite, it's quite fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And also hhnunofficial.com. And then if you go there, that's got links to uh, where you can find me on Twitter and Facebook and all the other social media. So I like to stay pretty active on that. People, you know, people send me questions. I love answering them and trying to help them get the best out of the event because, you know, I want it to be a success as, you know, all all us other fans. And then the other thing you can do, there is the book. It's available in all good bookstores um, or the cheapest, quickest and easiest way. And where I get my largest royalty checks is from Amazon. So if you want (laughs) to... Help me out. Go to Amazon. That's the best place. You heard it here first. Of course, we will have <laughs> links to everything in our show notes, especially a link straight to Amazon where you can purchase that book. Uh, this year's version, not last year's version, as I read off can at I, the can beginning I just say, of the show. Last year's version is it's completely out of date, and it's this one's been completely overhauled. But Target, I believe, have just bought a truckload of them. Really. Oh. I don't know why. I don't know where they're going to put them in the country, but Target has got <laughs> loads and loads of the old edition. They've just bought them. I'm I'm going to have to stop at a couple Targets on the way home. Yeah, I'm going to do some research <laughs> just to now. see because that's. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, you're, yeah. I mean, you're right up there with Oprah now. So, <laughs> oh, I uh, yeah, I don't think I'm a few dollars behind her just yeah. yet. That's for sure. <laughs> you're you're officially Oprah level now. It is. It's been declared by us. So. <laughs> if I check under my seat, am I going to find a free book? You like get a book. And you get a <laughs> book. <Yeah>. I wish. <laughs> but no, Chris, thank you so, so much. This has been absolutely incredible. Uh, I highly recommend everyone who is watching and listening, make sure you're following along with everything Chris does. Uh, it's You can tell the man's brilliant. So get in on, uh, get in on all of that. And of course, if you want to continue following us, uh, make sure you head to Disney disunplugged.com for our show notes and all of our other shows on the disunplugged podcast network uh, that's where you'll also find links to our social media channels uh facebook twitter this that and the other you know we're everywhere so make sure you are paying attention you're subscribed to us on youtube itunes and everywhere else i i say it every week and i don't know if anyone listens but that's that's your problem not mine or maybe it is my problem who cares i should uh well, I'm just going down a rabbit hole here. But yeah. <laughs> thank you all so much for uh, tuning in, watching, and listening. Again, thank you so much, Chris. Really appreciate having you. Hopefully, we can have you actually in the studio whenever you're uh, yeah. in town. 
So yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll set that up. That'll, that'll be awesome. Love to thank get, you for having me as well. No, thank you. I'd love to get your uh, thoughts on the event afterwards after you get to actually see it. So very, yeah. very so much looking forward to it. For the first time ever, Oliver doesn't feel outnumbered with the no- level of British. And you guys are on the room. You guys are on the same side of the room too. So you're it's two British looking <laughs> back at us. It's, it's, it's just segregation. Yeah, that's so, all yeah. it is. Let's be honest. <laughs> it feels very strange. <laughs> Can't come past but, that counter. <laughs> but thank you, thank you all so much again. And we will be back next week with another episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. And until then, you'll have to wait for our resolutions one more week. Bye, everyone.